right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up to be here today, man. We're talking billet power, high horsepower performance, all the numbers and things. Things that make you go gooey, man. Things that keep you up late at night. Thinking about how you're going to bust your budget wide open <laughs> and get all these new race parts. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're into making big power typically you know your horse your horsepower junkie your racer your your hot rod or whatever uh but you know there's there's go fast parts uh that most people can get their hands on and and we're going faster yeah. right but when you want to win you're going to call this guy right you're going to call dave visner who's been in this industry for decades and really knows his stuff and this is where we start getting into custom performance not just yeah, off the shelf performance but custom performance who are you trying to beat? What what race series are you in? What category? What configuration are you building? I'm going to design for you the right hardcore bits, whether it's complete billet, you know, cylinder block, cylinder heads, you know, what port configuration, manifold, you name it. This is the guy we're talking to today, the winning guy. Yeah, man. It's going to be good to pick his brain and just see what... You know what, what his thoughts are out there because you know, bro, as as performances has gotten easier, you know those horsepower numbers. You know, getting a five hundred horsepower used to be a challenge when I was in high school. Get a thousand horsepower used to be a challenge at two thousand. You know, two thousand ten, getting fifteen hundred horsepower was was a decent you know pull. Now. 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, where do you want to go? It seems <laughs> like it's gotten easier, but that comes at, you know, the expense of what Dave does and a lot of people out there with, with you know, uh, with bigger paychecks and uh, IQs than, than myself for sure. Um, I'm just interested in where he thinks it's going to go, how much power is the ceiling, and now it's more about holding that power to the track than it is, you know, what you want for, for you know, your maximum number because nowadays, shoot <laughs> – Sky's the limit, baby. How much power you want? Turn it up, wick it up, boost it up. Let's go. Yeah, more power is right at our fingertips and our wallets. But winning, right, I think is the name of the game. Uh, you know, when you're in a race series. So uh, let's bring in Dave Visner, man. Visner Engine Development. Uh, this guy can pretty much brew it from scratch, create whatever you want. Uh, Dave, thanks for joining us, man. appreciate having you on today. Thanks for having me. So how long have you been in this 
you know, engine game, right? Making finding horsepower, right? All those little tricks, tips, and secrets. Well, I'm, I'm 56 now, and I started when I was 18, and um, I opened my first business when I was 20. I went NASCAR racing for a number of years um, back in the early 2000, um, 2000. I left in 2005, uh, so I was there for six, seven years, and um, um, I just love it. So, you know, before we dive into the secrets of making big power, right, you got a lot of shiny parts, right? If you go on your website, uh, visitorengine.com, Right, you see all the billet stuff, billet cylinder blocks, billet heads, intake manifolds. And when we look at the big time racers, right, that's where everybody's kind of headed. Um, give us a little bit of background on, you know, what is kind of the rationale for, for going billet versus casting, right? Obviously, you know, it can be more expensive when you think about a casting that you can spit out every, you know, two minutes you're casting another block and machining it up on a station. Here you are machining from a giant block of aluminum. Right, an entire cylinder block or head? Well, it's either for one of two reasons. It's for strength, because you can build parts stronger and, and more durable, or for customizing it in a way that you just can't buy it. Um, if you try to modify some of these castings to move ports around the where we want them, uh, we, we, we get thick areas, thin areas. You got to do a lot of welding on the casting, and the casting really becomes a challenge to work with. This a billet, a billet product allows us a clean sheet of paper to really customize it for for the application we're designing it for. Now, hey, I got a question about that application. Uh, are you seeing that change? Are you seeing that um, the the new customers come in with a little different application, a little different um, setup than what you would say? five, 10, 15 years ago, or is it still the guy in the, you know, pro mod Camaro? No, we, we definitely see a, a change. Um, it started off with short stroke turbo motors because when the people switch from gasoline to alcohol, they started lifting cylinder heads and, and, and really having head gasket problems and, and, um, you know, stretching exhaust studs and, and having trouble with the castings. Um, so we started with, with that. And nowadays it's a lot of, um, real tall deck small blocks on nitrous for like grudge racing um there's um a lot of pro charge applications the screw blown thing has just gone crazy a lot of people are, are building screw blown applications uh the turbochargers don't really fit into a lot of the rules right now so right now we're seeing more more along the lines of power um, um pro charged and, and screw chargers Interesting, man. All right. I can't wait to pick your brain more. It's Kevin Bird, Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. We're back with Dave Visner in just a minute. Visner Engine. Uh, and it's VisnerEngine.com, right? Visner Engine. Yeah, that's and, correct. And and that's V-I-S-N-E-R. In case you want to look it up, dial it in. V-I-S-N-E-R. VisnerEngine.com. Um, check that stuff out, man. Amazing. Back right after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We have our boy Dave Vissner on Vissner Engine. Is it engine or engines? It's engine. Singular. Engine.com. Uh, VissnerEngine.com. So go check this out. The first thing you're going to see on the website, right, is that it's straight money, you guys. You put on there and there's boom, all these chrome billet intakes and shined up polished parts and all these things that are just flossy, glossy, and sick fast. Yeah, it's that kind of website where you just start wringing out your check. You just start, well, yep, that's that's going to hurt a little bit. Yep, I need that. <laughs> um, it really is stacked full uh, of every, everything you need to go fast, uh, which is home runs for uh, myself and Kevin. So D- Dave, let me, let me ask you, what got you into this? I mean, you, you said you got into it at 18, but w- was it a Mopar that beat you? Was it a, <laughs> was it a Chevy guy that, that, that gapped you? Was it a, a Mustang that put a bus, a bus link on you? What, who was the guy? What was the race? How did you get in, in so deep at such a young age? I, I grew up in the auto repair business. My dad owned auto repair shops. So I grew up around cars and I always loved them. But I actually started off pre-med. I was, I was going to be a doctor and, and I started going wow. to college for that. And I decided, you know, I'd, I'd rather be a, a, a really good, great mechanic or, or than, a, than an average doctor. You got to go where the passion is, man, for sure. Yeah, That's a right. Broke racer or a doctor. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe well, I didn't make the right choice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, obviously, it's, it's, you know, it's presented you a, a passion and a career. I'm sure you've you got some incredible memories. Um, as, you, as you see things sort of change in the world of, of going fast, you know, I, I took a ride in something the other day, Dave, and I kind of want your opinion about it because I got out of that car. I'm, I, I love racing. I've been, you know, racing eighth-mile, quarter-mile stuff. I've got a race car on the other side of the shop. Um, it, it, it's interesting, man, because I went for a ride – in an Audi the other day. It was an R8. It was a big turbo v, V10 set up. Thing put down like 2,600 horsepower. Dude, it went, it, it goes quarter miles out of here in Colorado at this altitude in the mid sevens, mid to low sevens. And you could drive it anywhere and the thing will do 250 miles an hour in a mile. These cars are insane. Like, what do you think? Like, is there a need for like real race cars anymore? I got out of that going. Hashtag why race car. <laughs> there's, there's some great people out there doing doing the um, the Audi R uh, what are the R8s I believe, and then the the Lambo yeah. um, the Lambo Huracans and stuff. Same yeah, same um, thing. You right? know, we we've been fortunate enough to work with with some of those applications too, and and doing some um, some designs for for some people, and and it's a really fun class to work with. The, those cars are amazing, dude. It's it's unbelievable. We we went 90 to 190 in like literally like 30 seconds it was like you know 1001 1002 1003 uh it, i couldn't believe how much power some of these new you know modern muscle i guess you call them muscle i don't know what else to call it an r8 it's not necessarily a muscle car maybe a uh, exotic i don't know but it was unbelievable dude i can't believe that car is so fast yet so streetable those those cars are incredible um was it one of the underground underground cars 
Yeah, my buddy Doug Hub builds up a, a bunch of those, and man, it is it, it's unbelievable what those guys are putting out. You may even know him, Sean Blue Audi, um, sick sick car. Yeah, I know Kevin a little bit, and Kevin's a great guy. Um, it's yeah. it's incredible what they've done with those race cars, or the street <laughs> cars actually, street cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that blurry line these days, right? I mean, you can make, uh, you know, you can make more power in, let's say unconstrained streetcars uh than a lot of race series with how they're you know bounded by Absolutely. rules and constraints good point. And, you know what parts and things that you got to use right so it's it's weird like uh you know we're almost opposite because there's no rules in the street you can kind of go unlimited um but you know within certain rules with certain classes of racing i mean it is ultra competitive right it is still insanely uh you know horsepower and fast uh but we're we're constrained by you know what the rules are of that particular class and, and i think that's kind of where you play right that's a lot of your businesses right within the rules uh you know here's how we're going to customize for you uh and and build you the power that's going to give you that edge over the next guy absolutely the, the 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 key to our business is being able to adapt things for the application um, we, when we actually sit down and we try to make a generic part is struggle because, you know, trying to, trying to build a manifold or a cylinder head, that's going to fit on a nitrous car for one person and a big cubic inch naturally aspirated engine for another and a turbocharged for another, you know, those, those, it really requires three different cylinder heads for, for those three different applications. Yeah. Everybody's building their own unique recipe now. You know, I mean, we, we've talked to, you know, like BTR racing and, you know, we talk about camshafts and just how they are dialed in for every type of application, whether it's naturally aspirated turbo, which is different from, you know, force induction on boosting, you know, from a blower, um, you know, and so everything is this recipe from, you know, the inside all the way to the out, the exhaust uh, to get, you know, these insane power numbers. And when you're constrained by, you know, maybe what's offered by the OEs for one example, right? You know, I'm going to do a small block, big block, an LS or whatever. Well, you know, the OEs made a certain amount of parts and the aftermarket made better versions of those parts. But at some point you've reached the limit of those. So now you've got to kind of break the mold and say, all right, time to whip out the CNC machine. Absolutely. Our, our four, six bore space, small block Chevy, as an example, it, it evolved because the rules were up to four, six bore spacing and up to 500 cubic inch. So we obviously want to take advantage of those rules and, and build the biggest small block we can make within the rules and, and make the most power. So that small block combination has a, a two, three eighty intake valve, a one, six eighty exhaust valve, and, you know, make just makes huge power. You know, unfortunately it only lasts so long. They, they, they write the rules and change it and they put a little weight on it because they, now they call it kind of a mid block, but um, that's kind of the trend right now is what we're seeing you know between the debate for small block and big block so what are some of the things like once you open the door and you say all right i'm gonna i'm gonna kick out some cnc stuff i'm gonna make chips i can move things around right? i'm not stuck with my cam center location i'm not stuck with the the size of the bolts the spacing i mean now you got free reign to move things around obviously within some kind of rules or specs what are some of the things that you typically go right in and start improving on structure strength performance you name it well definitely um 
making making the the, the main main saddle area stronger. Um, we do a billet girdle area that that simulates a cross bolted main block because that that cross bolted main design works really great. But we also want the advantage of the windage. So we we do the girdle in a way where we have kick out on it. We can still cross bolt it. It's a, a four bolt splayed comp, you know, for the clamp load going to the main saddle. But then it you know holds from the side to give it that that structural um, strength. Yeah, anybody that's seen, you know, kind of the modern modular engine, LS engines, right? They've got that essentially designed from a casting standpoint, which, right, they always have a ton of engineering firepower. They know kind of what, you know, balances to make between a streetcar and performance. But you guys are taking the next level, being able to billet, change the cross sections, change the material strengths, uh, le leverage some of those concepts, but kind of do it to that next level. Now, what other things do you do in a block? I mean, do you change... Uh, main head bolt sizes, maybe add fasteners or move them around locations to help with port location. Uh, cams, do they move around? Do they move up to shorten push rods? Like our, our five inch stuff, we have 75 millimeter cams in them now. Uh, we get we do our, our five inch and our five three bore space combinations with 70 or 75 millimeter. Um, 75 millimeters big, it's like um, almost three inches. Um, um, so big lifters. Um, moving the lifter locations and straighten the push rods out, uh, moving the head bolts around to optimize it. One of the things we do on a lot of our blocks is what we call a DRC3 design rather than the front, um, the front lifter being number one exhaust. We actually make number two intake our front lifter, which kind of staggers the, the, the lifter pattern and allows and squares up the plenum. So we don't have that big offset in our plenum, if you're aware of that. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's the whole, that's kind of the fun part about it is um, being able to move things around and, and adjust things to, to, um, to try to make it better. So how do you get to test it? Cause you know, at, at some point you get to, you get to test it out at some point you're like, okay, in theory, this is going to be this much stronger, but it's time to strap one down on a dyno or get some numbers or test it in a real world environment. Do you ever get to get out there and, you know, see what your next uh, evolution does as far as performance? Fortunately, we got great customers, and our customers, yeah. um, fortunately, can afford to race, and and they're they're often willing to try different new things. Um, most of the time, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So we 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 don't always hit a home run, but we um, we keep plugging away and trying different things. It's back to that doctor discussion. <laughs> customers can afford it. <laughs> hey, man, that's that, right. Yeah, you can make mistakes as an engine builder, but maybe not so much as a doctor. So there's a lot more room to play around there, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dave, hang in there. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, um, question about where it's all going. Uh, as you see these these big numbers and modern horsepower, you mentioned you know root style blowers. Um, where's all this performance going? When are we going to see the end of it? Are we at the are we at the final summit, uh, or does it keep going? All those questions we'll ask you and throw at you in just a second. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast, Kevin Bird, Willie B, and we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and we have our boy Dave Visner on VisnerEngine.com, V-I-S-N-E-R. You guys got to check out this site, man. So, Dave, we were asking you... You know, where, where do you think it's all going, man? You see, you see these cars we were just mentioning. You know, I rode around a 2,500-horsepower Audi R8 the other day. All-wheel drive, dude. Stupid. Um, you know, you see friends and, and buddies out in the race world, and all of a sudden, dude, the bubble keeps getting lower and lower. The, 
you know the the, the ETs that people are going nowadays is just unreal. Uh, where do you where do you think it ends? And now we at the the final days, the final summit of it all. I, I hope not. Um, I I think I think racing is really strong. It looks like the market is continuing to to race the drag radio world. You know we we've worried about for years about um, plateauing, but people still continue to love drag radio racing. The no prep world is 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 growing fast. The grudge race deal is is continuing to climb. Um, I, I think the, the rules, the, the way the rules are written really dictates where they're going with the high end racing in, engines, um, on the streetcar stuff. I don't know. Um, Kevin would probably know more than I would be with the EPA and all the stuff and, and going on with, with, um, the, the rule regulations for this, for the streetcar stuff. I'm not sure if that's going to be, um, doomed or, or going to continue growing like it has been, but, um, I think racing strong. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, you know, Dave and I were talking yesterday a little bit. Um, you know, my, my thoughts are we're at this kind of sweet spot where in the marketplace we've got, you know, 10, 15 years or more of just a slew, millions of LS motors, coyotes, Hemis out there in the in the field. They're going to be in salvage yards. So from a hot rod perspective, you've got a lot of cores to work with, right? A lot of things that are cheap and easy to get. And then the aftermarket has jumped on so heavy in the last 15 years making blocks, cranks, rods, pistons. I mean, basically the entire engine. So even if there wasn't, uh, you know, the OE presence, the core, we could keep these things living for as long as we have our interest. So I think that's pretty positive. And then, you know, Dave just brings this whole nother level of, hey, you want to play in this space? You know, you want to go above and beyond what's what's out there, what what's kind of trickled down and, and evolved from the, the OEs? Uh, we can play in that space too. And I think, you know, a lot of vehicles are going to be on the road for a long time. There's going to be gas stations everywhere. You know, I, I think there's a lot of room to play, especially in the off-road racing world. And, you know, streetwise, there might be a lot of, you know, emissions regulations that try to choke us off from doing, you know, crazy and absurd things. But you see the power we're making and still being emissionable right now. It's yeah. it's amazing. So I'm hopeful that this side of things you know, it continues on for a good a good while. Now, Dave, I've got some questions as far as uh, you know. We talked about some of the structure and the billet, moving things around. Uh, you're really into airflow, and you know, it's it's real simple when you're looking for a set of cylinder heads or something. You go, oh, this one flows XCFM, and this one flows XCFM, and it's just a flow number. But you and I both know that there's a whole lot of dynamics going on in an engine. So, how do you go about? you know, comparing, rating, or in your world where you're, you know, you're delivering, uh, let's say, a, a port and an intake system to somebody, what are your measurables? What what do you go and measure? So I've been very fortunate because I've worked in some really high-end racing. We've done a lot of pro stock work. We've done a lot of NASCAR work. So we, we've worked in environments where we, we could really test well, and we had large enough budgets where we could, we could really develop and, and work on those engines. So that really helps a lot. You know, the, the, the flow bench side of it with the airflow number, um, you know, back in the days when, when, when the cylinder heads just weren't very good, you know, we made an improvement on the, on the flow, flow number and, and, and we made an improvement on horsepower. Nowadays, we, we, we're looking at cross-sectional areas, port choke, port choke area, um, you know, taper in the runners, um, the, the, we're targeting certain RPM bands with, um, 
for the application, you know, how, how much the valve is candid. So, that, so testing is the key to it. Um, and, you know, when you start developing a library of really good ports, when you start working on other applications, you kind of use those good ports and kind of um, adapt them into different applications. Is it not crazy that you've been in this 30, 35 years, whatever you want to say, and you're still finding power? You're still like, oh, well, here's a combination we hadn't tried before. Or, you know, if I push the air at this velocity, it comes tumbling off the floor of the of the runner. Is it weird to see you're still making and creating horsepower? You know, especially when you start thinking about a, a port, an intake port is is just a hole that goes from point A to point B, and you kind of dedicate your whole life to working on on modifying this 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 cylinder, right? It sounds kind of crazy, but it, it, we continue making it better by, you know, when I went NASCAR racing, everybody port, talked about port volumes and um, how big the intake, whether it was 300 cc's or 320 or 310 or 290, whatever. Nowadays, the the, the trend is to have um, more volume in the bowl area. And we get that that ram effect by by how we size and design the port choke in, up in the up in the runner. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's in interesting because the more we learn the real we realize how little we used to know <laughs> well and you know if you think about what's happening in an engine you know at uh you know what 9000 rpms you got what 75 up and downs of your piston stroke uh or something right. in that name you know something in that neighborhood and so what you, you don't have is a constant flow you're not just you know flowing air through it's it's so you're 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 creating a little burst, you know, when you open that intake and your pistons coming down and you're trying to get a big column of stagnant air to all of a sudden decide, hey, we gotta go that way. You know, and then all of a sudden you shut the valve and it bounces the air backwards the other way and go, Oh, wrong way, guys. We're going this way, I guess. And then you know, you're going back the other way. So there's just so much dynamics going on and and you're trying to pull in that fraction of a second uh an entire cylinder worth, and then you know, now we're we're pushing volumetric efficiencies to where it's not just filling the cylinder uh, is the goal. We're getting 110, 115, 120% volume by that dynamics, you know, and that's the, I think the, the tricky part over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of trying to figure out how do we, how do we incite that, that motion instantly, you know, like from a standstill almost and and capture the wave dynamics from both exhaust side intake side and then trap it before it has a chance to you know squeeze back out again oh, and ignite it on fire burn it and uh and kick it out uh, all that included yeah <laughs> that's that's exactly uh, right it, it happens faster and faster and when you start thinking about it a uh, 120 percent volumetric efficiency 75 times a second and then the valve spring has to return it you know that that heavy valve it's it it, it really is amazing that it that everything stays together in these engines <laughs> uh you have so much motion moving in there and so many things going on it's it's hard to to wrap your head around unless you're that far into it you know you tell a normal person off the street, they have no idea that it moves up that many times, you know? They'd just be blown away by it. Almost three horsepower per cubic inch now is what, you know, pro stock guys and, and naturally aspirated guys are doing. And, um, you know, up around 10.5, 10.6, um, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, when you think about trying to get the air in a cylinder, you know, when you've got a boost device, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. You can just, it's like having an air nozzle on your air hose. You know, it just it wants to get, you know, out of there and you're, you're shoving it into a, a port in a cylinder. But, you know, naturally aspirated, what a challenge. 
uh, when when the only pressure you have, you're creating some, you know, decent vacuum, but your only pressure is atmosphere, right? And it's only 14 plus PSI. So, I mean, you're really, really having, again, work, you know, with the dynamics to try to get these pressure waves to fill in the cylinder because you have no time to do it with such little pressure pushing the gases in, you know? Yep. And, and, and as we continue working on it, we do continue making gains, um, but it, the, the gains are getting very expensive. And that's why you're seeing the naturally aspirated classes really struggling to the power adder classes and drag racing right now. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, with power adders, good Lord. Um, it, it's just amazing what they're doing with supercharged. You mentioned that earlier. Some of these supercharger applications now, God, they're just killing it, man. It's uh, It's been a, a real almost... Um, resurgence in superchargers over the last you know couple of years those things have, are really dominating now yeah i've really you know i grew up kind of gravitating to na just because it just seemed like such a you know a bigger challenge than boosting you know boosting definitely gives you the uh instant gratification right you can just make crazy power you can turn the boost up all these things but na was just always sort of an elegant you know challenging technical way of of making power uh but man i tell you as we get better and better with boosting and it becomes so affordable and easy to make crazy power and it's just leaving the na world behind uh it's 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 hard to hang on to that na you know when someone's making 1500 2000 horsepower easily blown and you're sitting there trying to wing up to 10,000 rpm yes. and just wheezing and gassing and it's bringing spitballs to a knife fight or a gunfight, bro. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, it's not the game anymore. Dave, I got a question for you. Do you ever see a day where you think, uh, like billet, for example, and some, something billet can come up the scale where it's not as expensive? Say billet, you know, heads or you know, billet blocks. Right now, they're you know, they're untouchable for a lot of racers and people. Do you ever see a, a moment that gets the scale and it's not as expensive as? You know what we see now? Billet is becoming more popular. A lot of more people are doing it. Uh, more people have CNC CNC machines, um, and the CNC machine technology is getting faster and faster and 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 better all the time. So I think the price um, is not is not going up at the same rate as as some other things. But um, I, I think the billet racing is always going to be expensive. Yeah, I understand. Do you see a a a, a kind of pull from non racing? Yeah. Are you seeing it already where just people on the street are just saying, I, I want to get crazy or, you know, like the, the R8, let's say, for example, right, we're, we're pushing 2,500 and, and we're blowing out certain key components, head gaskets, et cetera, um, and, and just can't push anymore on the street level. But, you know, there's some folks out there who have a lot of money because, you know, an R8 blown, that's not a cheap car, <laughs> you know, especially right. when you're blowing out drivetrains and everything like that. So do you see the billet into things? kind of sneaking over into the street application. Traditionally, the billet doesn't cool very well, but we, we have been working on some fully water jacketed billet applications that have, have, have really shown a lot of promise. Um, we, we have a five inch version. We think it's gonna be really great for the marine market for these big um, offshore race boats and, and, and things like that, where um, they, they really need the strength and, and also for, this, for some of the, the really high end streetcar world. Um, a lot of this rolling mile stuff. Um, these guys are real fast. They drive their streetcars, <laughs> yeah. and I think there is going to be some some water jacketed billet stuff out there that is going to become more common um, here in the near, very near future. Well, that could be huge. And and you know when we start boosting so hard, a lot of times ceiling is is tricky, like head gaskets. 
Uh, and you do a lot of tricks in that kind of world on the billet side that, you know, seems like it could be applicable to anything that you're pushing really hard, right? You talk about flame rings. Yeah, the flame rings are a real, a real great product for us. You know, it used to be a, a head gasket was a, was a fuse, right? Um, if you missed your tune-up, it pushed the head gasket out, you put a new head gasket in, you go back racing again. Well, as we make keep making more and more power and lifting heads harder, you know, we got to seal that head gasket. So we used our, our flame hoops that came from the top fuel technology. Top fuel guys did it for a lot of years and we started doing it in all different applications. Um, so now when you miss a tune-up, it breaks rods or, or something else. But, <laughs> yeah, um, it gets a little more expensive. <laughs> exactly, but the, the, the way the, the flame hoop is, is basically like o-ringing uh except for it's a machine ring and rather than being a round o-ring it's it's machined and it's eighty thousands tall so you get more imprint into the you know you get more of a compression seal from the imprint of the gasket into the receiver group now i've seen them like round and and filled with gases uh what what's kind of the latest design you mentioned what what cross section does it look like and is it solid material or yep it's it's a solid stainless steel material um, the top fuel guys use a, uh, a 50 thousandths, 110 tall, and they put it in, they put it into the cylinder head, 90 thousandths, and it sits, um, it sits proud 20 thousandths or 25 thousandths, depending on whether they put it in 85 or, or 90. Um, and then they, they match that to the receiver groove, uh, because our, our, a lot of our applications are wedge. We, we stayed with the 40 thou gasket for our, our big block Chevy, our LS and our, all the, all our, 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 our wedge applications and we do our our hoop in 80 thousandths tall uh 20 thousandths radius on on the side that imprints into the gasket it, we leave it proud 20 thousandths um um and it, it 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 dimples into the receiver groove 18 to 20 thousandths so it puts a real positive compression seal there all right on and do, so do you get like permanent deformation so do you have to go a little bit thicker uh, each time or you know what keeps it from just smashing the soft aluminum you know with such a hard uh you know stainless type ring there um well it 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 it's it's it imp it imprints into the gasket so we recommend using a 70 or 80 thou gasket because that being 20 thousands proud it dimples into that head gasket and and pushes into that receiver group really nicely um and and depending it usually takes a, a better fastener you you want to use like an h13 or h11 type fastener but um um if you were you if you're going to use a 40 or a 50 thou gasket you may only want to go 15 or 16 thousand 17 thousands uh if you use a 100 thou gasket you may want to um uh, stick the, that hoop out there a little bit further like 24 or 25 thousands now is this a copper sheet or we're back to uh kind of the the mls type gasket jeez no you, ha you have to do it with a copper gasket okay Yep, you have to do it with a copper gasket. It does not the the, the it won't work with the MLS gasket. Oh, that's right the on. Big, thick okay, man. One. Okay. Whew. Wow, that's cool stuff, man. Amazing stuff that's out there, guys. I mean, you know, we're all different levels, you know, in our playing uh, in in this space. But definitely talking with Dave here, that's in kind of top of the game, and some of the cool tricks and tips that they got going on to just keep these big power numbers right attainable and achieving right in front of us yeah amazing stuff man amazing and you can find out more with dave visner engine.com v-i-s-n-e-r uh man sure appreciate your time we gotta pick your brain some more 
big, big performance, big numbers, and keeping that thing steamrolling every night, every weekend. Uh, that's what Dave does really, really, really well. Uh, so we've got to have him on again, pick his brain about all of it. Um, all right. So thanks to our guest, Dave Visner. Don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming service and a great resource to find us. Thanks to our guest, Dave Visner, VisnerEngine.com, VisnerEngine.com. Make sure you check out that site. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, your producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, too, TwoGuysGarage.com. Share your thoughts. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. That's Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's copyright 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey, Dave, what's the fastest, you, personally, what's the fastest um, you've ever gone in one of your cars? Fastest I've ever been is in the nines. Yep. Um, you know, I, 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 I have to admit, I, I enjoy I enjoy racing them, but I, I, I've always been more of a technical guy. I, I love working on them. I, I, I love I love designing new stuff and building engines. And and um, every time I, I, I build, build a race car for myself, um, I end up selling the engine. It seems like to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to, to, to travel and, and follow a series, it, it takes a lot of dedication and, and work. And, you know, I spend so much time here at the shop that um, I just kind of have chosen to um, um, in, enjoy racing through my customers. Amen, man. That's the that's the most uh, you know financially healthy way to go do it for sure. <laughs> Smart way, bro. Smart way. <laughs> my man, my man. Awesome. Well, hey guys, right. hope you learned something. Hope you got a little bit of you know thrill and wildness on uh, what's kind of out there in the in the wild beyond. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one. See you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.